When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week's Footballistically Arsenal was brought to you by the Ralston on Lily Road in Fulham in partnership with Watney's Pale Ale. With comfortable and modern surroundings, award-winning staff and a friendly atmosphere, it's a great place to watch sports on TV if you can't get to the game. Hello and welcome to Footballistic the Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm back after a uh, shameful absence last week. I can only apologise. Psychic Josh, you did a tremendous job of um, talking utter bullshit with um, Jeff Arsenal about um, the New York kind of fantasy world. You're so chipper <laughs> considering we've started a season. <laughs> Not since 1982 have we started this badly. You're so oh, chipper. You've brought up that stat already. Do you know what the, the second worst start of the season has been since 1982? Do you, you find out that fact? Because you're right, yeah. Do you know what, do you know what that is, the answer to that question? Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, 2014-15, under Arsene Wenger, when we had exactly the same points telling, the only difference between this terrible start and that terrible start under Arsene Wenger was that we had a goal difference of plus five. No, I'll tell you what the difference is. One, a plus five goal difference. Two, Arsene Wenger had won many trophies, <laughs> Premier League titles, seven FA Cups. So Give that, me seven FA Cups. Right, I've barely right. forgotten and about the seven FA Cups. It was FA Cup first round week. And they, they show and, Arsene Wenger. And unfortunately for the club and, and fans like you, we sentimentally kept him in, even though it was quite clear at that point that we were descending into mediocrity. Let's you introduce thought, our other guests. You thought we were descending. No, no, you, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 Josh. You, you come f- back to this. It's rude to not introduce our guests. Yeah, but don't pretend don't, that this don't, isn't worse. Don't, what, no, what? We can come back to that. Our lovely guest, Joe Bohr, comedian, yeah. actor, yeah, um, raconteur. Funny, there's nothing funny about what's going on at the moment, though, is there? Um, uh, yeah. Welcome. I, Welcome thank back. You. Joe and I lost saw each other in the pub in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. As yeah. Arsenal were getting well beaten at Anfield. Oh. We were so oh, much God. more optimistic I'd about the season too. back I'd blame in you August. Too. So, so much more malaise. optimistic. Uh. And Andrew Butler of a dream team and tenable fame. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah, this is um, surprisingly the second podcast you, I've been introduced as being star I mean, of tenable. You are star of tenable, the excellent um, daily, well, weekday 
quiz show yeah, on ITV. On ITV. Yeah. Um, hosted by Warwick Davis, Warwick Davis yeah. lovely man. Yeah. And you were on with your family. Yeah. I'm right in saying yeah. that? Yeah. My brother, my little sister, my sister-in-law, my Glorious. sister-in-law's brother. We were only allowed five players, five so uh, players. otherwise exactly. that might have got how, how did you do? Um, well, we did well. We won. Right. And people say, oh, how much, how much did you win? Yeah, and it yeah. was seven, seven grand between the five That's of us. That's pretty good. Wow. Which is um, almost enough to buy your season ticket. Well, I mean, not, not nowhere near enough by my. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just um, about. Um, Andrew's been very humble. He did terrifically well. Mm. There was one sporting round, nothing overly football. It was, what was it? Name yeah. the last 10 different sports to win sports, sports personality of the year. Last 10? I wasn't nominated. The NCTO accredited sports journalist was not nominated for that round by his own brother. Instead, he picked my sister in law's brother, who didn't put any money in the pot. Right. And that's fine, and that's fine because we won overall, and right. that's all right. Right. But, um, it, it so if they'd have picked you to answer that, yeah. then you could have won even more easily. Right? How much easy. more do you think you'd uh, probably you'd be looking ten. at maybe ten grand ten. extra? Oh, possibly. Annoying, we've done the maths. We've we've run the maths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've done the post match analysis. <laughs> we had a, yeah. had a post mortem. Yeah. Did you split the money equally? We did split the money. That's no, very nice of you because yeah. I have to say your sister in law's brother contributed very little. <laughs> so oh, harsh. Very. Little. I, um, I should also add I was in that pub in Edinburgh as well, Josh, remember? And what? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I have met Joe before. Oh, this is a lovely reunion. Yeah. And I, I believe that reunion. I know that Tom Rose was there. Was I there? We probably all went on Match Point and uh, had a look where <laughs> yeah, we yeah, should uh, yeah, watch yeah, the game yeah. and found ourselves It was Tom Rose until there, wasn't it? was also Tom there. was there during the first yeah. half. Yeah. And he left and Joe arrived. Substituted, yeah. I bumped into Tom last week, actually. I bumped into Tom last week as well. Just after the game, yeah. I bumped into him in the street in Soho. Okay. And he managed to, and I thought, you know, he's he's a busy man. He's in a hurry. He's you know, he's a famous comedian. He's in plebs currently Mondays, yeah. ten o'clock tonight, ten o'clock. And but he he stopped for a chat about Arsenal. And once he started, he's not a happy it, man, is he? He could not stop. No, which I guess reflects. No, we, we went for a meal after, and did it, you? It went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joe, let's start with. I mean, you know, there's the game to analyse. Um, you know that. Yeah. You know, we can take <laughs> however long we want over that. But there's a we were at quite a. Crucial moment, aren't we? You know, we're, I feel we're at some kind of crux in the sense that clearly this run of results and performances is mm. is terrible, and most of the fans. I think he's. Why are you really interrupting me? Well, <laughs> someone's going to say it's untenable. Oh, oh what are you going to say? Okay. It's, un- it's barely tenable. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so what's interesting to me is most of the fans. If you look at social media, anyway. I think, you know, which is sometimes different from reality. Most of the fans seem to have now decided we should get rid of Emery. Yeah, yeah. My actual question isn't, A, do you agree with them? And B, can you ever come back from that? It's the bigger thing. Because for me, in, in, I actually might, you know, I've been defending him mostly because mm. of a sense of kind of fairness, really. I feel yeah, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's only been in the job that long. We're only 10 games this season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's give him a go. Let's give him a chance. But I actually feel the bigger picture, or the more, the more kind of fundamental point, is if you've lost the fans to this extent, and I see vituperative hatred of him, you know, in, in, in all kinds of areas, is he ever going to get that back, realistically? Oh, I don't know. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, and, I, you know, I wanted to give him enough time, and I think now he's had his time. And it, uh, uh, I still think, you know, we're fifth, sixth now. Mm. You know, it's not a disaster. The Xhaka thing didn't help. The fact that he doesn't seem to be communicating to the to the team what he wants. We, I got my hopes up. I think mm. we all got our hopes up. He's got the players. He's got the squad. Yeah. He hasn't got that excuse. He could do the couple of defenders. 
but the players don't seem to be doing it for him. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to be able to communicate. Um, I mean, he's had. He has had some time. I mean, Leicester away is not an easy game. No. Um, and they were really good. They are really good. I mean, that's we wouldn't, Andrew. We were never expecting. I don't. I don't think anyone was expecting us to win that game, were we? Because no, Leicester are, come, right now, Leicester yeah. are playing much better than us. That's right. And he's but, done, they're doing a great, great job. But that's only kind of symptomatic of the last couple of weeks. In that, at the start of the season, you think, yeah, Leicester away. That's a winnable game. And yes, Leicester are good, and, and that's fine. You're, I'm happy to accept that. But. It shouldn't be that way. Arsenal shouldn't be that bad. You shouldn't be going into a game thinking, well, a draw might be a bonus in, in this fixture because, actually, on paper, probably we're as good as, as Leicester. But Did you, you know, see the match on Sky? Because on Sky, I thought it was interesting, Jamie Redknapp and Tony Adams... They said none of the players. Yeah, Jamie Redknapp said none of our players would get into the Leicester But team. does he mean on yeah. current form right, under he means this manager the way they're playing? Yeah, he means on current form because the, the weird thing is, he said that and I thought, oh, that's shocking. And he said even Aubameyang wouldn't get him because of Vardy's currently, his goal rate was better. But I think if you go back two months, then half our team would get into the Leicester team, wouldn't they? You, you know, because you think on paper... They are a lot of our players are really good mm. and deserve to, you know. But that's isn't isn't that's the key issue, isn't it? That actually we've strengthened the squad. Tony Adams was going was banging on about. And I love Tony, but he, he sometimes some of the things he says are weird. I mean, I have to say, you know, something. I mean, he a he said they kind of both agreed that these problems go back ten years, which I agree with that. But he said our recruitment is still terrible. And I feel like, well, we had a pretty good transfer window, apart from not getting a really, really good defender. But how many of those are there around? What, 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 do you see what they're, they're coming from? I, I can understand where, where they're coming from, but mm. I, can't, I can't see how in any world that you'd argue that Mesut Ozil is a worse player, say, in a number 10 role than James Madison. It's just that the Leicester players are on form at the moment. They're red hot, and everyone knows that. They're playing, they're playing like, brilliantly. Some of the best football we've seen this season has come from them. They've taken, I think, probably a lot of people by surprise by how, how good they are. But on paper, I think, you know, Arsenal have, have better players than, than Leicester. And, um, I mean, Vardy, Vardy came back to haunt Arsenal once again. And that, and that yeah. decision of his actually to stay at Leicester over going to Arsenal looks like a good one, which oh, yeah. I thought at the time what, it wouldn't have been. It would come back to bite him in the, in the, in the bum. But, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's been playing brilliantly and showed it again on Saturday. I felt the point that, that Tony and, and Jamie were alluding to was you've got Pepe, our biggest ever signing for the football club. Having not made a huge impact in the games he has played, now not starting mm. necessarily the team. And you've got young kids like William Kosaka who's willing to throw in there. They're saying that £70 million could be found to go and buy a centre-back. <clears throat> That's the point I think they're making about they're talking about recruitment. Mm. I mean, you could... It's not been spent in the right areas. Who, who, who are these £70 million centre-backs? I mean, no, they're very they're rare. Huge, huge names that did, did move this summer, like... You know, Delit, how much was he when he went to Juventus? I'm looking at Andrew. I think it was about 80. That kind of ballpark. And yeah, I know you're talking about willing to take, you know, 20 million a year for five years or whatever they worked out a deal in instalments to bring Pepe to the club. But I think that's the point that they were making. And it is a bizarre situation that we're now, what, three months into the season. If that, you're wondering who's going to leave the club first. The club captain who started the season, the manager... Our £72 million signing isn't starting. And Emery is now changing the team every single week. And his last over die seems to be now changing the formation and none of it's working. Yeah, the, the formation was interesting, wasn't it? Because, uh, uh, it, like, 
you know, I, like, looking, I like the three. Right. At the back. Well, this is the, this is this is an interesting thing for me because yeah. I, 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 I looked at the reaction to that team selection. Most people seem to be in favour of it. Most people were like, "Well, okay, you know, you, you are playing. You have to be realistic. Yeah. Play three at the back. Blah blah blah." Um, but that automatically means you're not going to... And, and he stayed with Ozil. I was surprised. He, Ozil, away at Leicester, you know, I was surprised. I mean, how are you going to fit Pepe into that formation for a start? Because people are going, well, right, you know, we obviously you should be playing a record signing. But I'm like, well, if he's, if he's going to play three at the back and Ozil... I'm not arguing that Pepe, Pepe should be starting. Oh, OK. But people are. It's an interesting situation. People we... want both, though. I was interested because we were furious that Pepe didn't start. Furious, but happy with the formation. I mean, I... I'd, I think I'd rather he stuck to the other formation, even away at Leicester, a four-three-three, or you know, I don't. I, I I think it's weird when you have this level of attacking talent, and I know he's not getting the best out of them to, as an understatement. I still think it's odd to play five at the back when you've got a, a surfeit of attacking talent and you're not working out how to stitch them into the team. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't look at... Like, you're never going to get City, Liverpool, blah, 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 even Leicester at the moment, or Chelsea. You know, they, none of them play five at the back at any point, do they, now? Because they're all kind of doing a 4-3-3 three, three, or a 4-2-3-1 or whatever. Because they've got... And I feel our strength is, is these attacking players. So, although I understood why he picked that that formation and it kind of almost worked for the first half we played okay i, I said this I, on twitter i think it'll take us a while to get used to it i really like it you know rob holding when he, he had that great game in the final uh, against chelsea and that was a three i i, I seem sure. to remember i mean some of the best performances were with a three ago it was a long time ago yeah <laughs> but david luiz it feels like he it. wants to roam a little bit so it feels like that could be the that when it, when, when i saw that i thought oh this could be it um, but don't, don't, none do of we, them are that. I mean, none of them are, are they, a level yeah. where you think... None of who? The defenders? None of our three centre-backs that play are, you know, would get anywhere, you know, like... I even wonder, like, if, if, if Evans and Sonyuka, am I pronouncing the... Soyuncu. Soyuncu. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect they'd be starting for oh, Arsenal. Right. I mean, Johnny Evans well, was, well, a, well, was yeah, a miss. Was, no, we, could, no. we were linked with Johnny Evans. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, like, that's a state of affairs, isn't it? And then we got, we got Louise instead. I think, you know, it would have been better yeah. to get Johnny Evans, wouldn't it, in, in, in retrospect? Well, it was a few years ago, the Johnny Evans rumours. When, I think, I think when he was leaving West Brom, I think that was the time we were supposedly... But do you see what I mean, don't yeah. you, do you see what I mean about the formation? I understand why he did it, and I kind of... on one. It's, it's like I'm torn between... He is changing it. Infuri- he's changing it every single game, as Josh says, which is in one level infuriating. It must be confusing, you'd think. Mm. And yet, on the other hand, away at Leicester, realistically, maybe having more defenders makes sense. But equally, I just think sometimes you've got to stick with working out how to play your, uh, your play to your strengths. And I, do, I just think, you know, I'd rather I'd, the five-five against Liverpool. You know, I know that was like Liverpool B team or even C team or whatever. But I, th- I was more, I'd more, I'd rather we played like that, you know, wherever we go, than try this thing yeah, but right we have now. To play against proper teams either. in the Premier League. We're what? not going to get away playing that no, no, loose no, no, in Premier League games. Of course we're not. But I still think, I, I think you've got, I think you, a, a back four of Tony Bellerin, Mustafi, Holding, and Kalasnets let in five. Right, but I think a back four of, you know, I think a back four of Bellerin, Chambers, Holding, and Tierney could work. I'd rather that back four. And by the way, not picking Tierney in, in this formation. He played him in the middle of the week, you know, in, in Europe. Yeah. It infuriated me because, like, well, actually, even that small difference, because I still think Klasenac is just not good enough, fundamentally. Whereas Tierney, you know, he's, he's the future. Why not, you know, if he... I still think that would have been yeah. better. But, but generally, for the future... If, if Tony Adams was saying, right, he's played this formation. Stick with it. 
week in, week out. I'm like, really? No, because how's, how Pepe and how are our attacking players going to fit into this formation? It's never going to happen. It sounds like they, they, what you want is to try and accommodate Pepe, which well, doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, it, he's admitted himself that he's probably had a bit too much of a slow start. Really, really, you want to have Lacazette, Aubameyang, Ozil probably starting every single game. And if that means Pepe isn't in the starting eleven, so be it. People ha- but then put you get so much like Josh end- going, how it's outrageous that our yeah. biggest signing... No, no, I didn't say it's outrageous he's not starting. I just said it's a, an but- indictment of the situation that Emery has allowed this club that we're wondering he's going to leave. Xhaka, the captaincy situation. Ozil, who he's been humiliated, you know, humiliated and now having to like bring him back and not only bring him back into the squad, bring him back into the team and start in Premier League games. And, you know, Pepe, the, the <laughs> money, basically, he splurged his load on, on buying Pepe. And now he's not even. But it, well, first being of all, first first of all it's, it's, it's the it's the it's the hierarchy that brought Pepe, wasn't it? As much as him. I mean, you know, we all know that. We all know they're as much, if not more, selecting a player as, as opposed to the coach. But B, secondly, how is an indictment when, as you say, if you're going to stick with Özil now and and Lacazette and Aubameyang, it's hard to work out in in this formation how Pepe fits. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it is difficult. It's a conundrum. There are conundrums on top of the general issue of <laughs> is Emery even vaguely good enough? Would you be glad if he left now? I'd be perfectly fine with it. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like... No, I'm not being um, antagonising. I feel like there was a slight change in your messages on Saturday. Uh, well, I've said for a couple of weeks, I, I, I'm, as, I'm, as, I'm as bored and irritated by the fan kind of um, attacks on him, which I feel are getting to the, you know, rude and annoying yeah. and, you know, the people who, who, who hated him from day one because, I don't know why, because they just read some articles about him and, you know, blah, 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 and they think he's a bit greasy-haired and they can't understand what he's saying. Those people who, by the way, there's an incredible crossover of people who didn't want Wenger to go until, you know, even though he was running the whole club into the ground. Th- those people I don't get and they, those people annoy me. So almost to shut the fu- them up, I'm quite happy to see him go. And equally because I think probably this run is so poor... And it is as bad as that thing that I went on about that was crushingly terrible that starts the season a few years ago. That I think if you, I think the lesson you have to learn, the lesson we need to learn from the Wenger period is we, we needed to get rid of him years ago and we didn't. So if we take too long over this guy, then that is going to be a problem. If we give him too long, so we're right at the crux of the moment. I'm like, I can see us. Wenger managed to bring that team back into a position to qualify for Champions League football. Do you think oh, yeah, the, yeah, right that, now sure. Unai yeah, Emery is capable of doing that? Yeah, I do, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we can still, still get think fourth. we can come in the fourth. Of course, yeah. We're really? only, we're, we're what gives what? you that belief? Because, you know, we, we, we had enough good results last season. We had enough decent results. We came close enough last season. I know we fucked up in the end with that unbelievably terrible run. So I look at this season, I think, well, he can string a set of decent results together. He, he's capable of that. And we've got the players. He just needs to clear his fucking head, right? This is my feeling. Stop overcomplicating everything. Look at your, our strongest players and fucking pick them, roughly in their right positions, and actually it could be okay. I'm not saying he's going to do that because he is a bit crazy. But I think potentially that could happen. And by the way, we're fewer points behind City than City are behind Liverpool. Things change, you know. It, you know, the, we're still only ten games into the season. A lot can change. Well, that's just my feeling. We're closer to the rele- well, almost as close to the relegation zone. Well, yeah, that's that as well. Liverpool, but I don't, yeah, that's that as well. Do you feel? I mean, am I the only one who thinks we could still get into Europe? I mean, at least we're not Spurs or, or Man United. <laughs> United. Funny enough, he mentioned himself. In the, Who's yeah, it? In, in, but it, that's embarrassing that he mentioned it. 
Because it should all be about concentrating on yourself and managers yeah. are always forever going, you know, one day at a time we'll concentrate on what we do. And suddenly he's going, well, hang on, look down <laughs> is, the road, it's not all is great. Chris, is Chris Wilder at Sheffield United saying, at least we're not Arsenal? <laughs> or is, or is, probably. Is, probably. I mean, I mean truly yeah, probably will be. Right? They yeah. might be. But the point is, it's just, you know, he looks like he's just running out of excuses, things to say. He looks was, rattled. He looks yeah. rattled. Yeah. And on I Saturday, was, I did think that. When did the you? sky cameras panned him at points. Yeah. I mean, yes, it was wet and raining and not an enjoyable environment for anyone to be in, but he, he looked slightly despondent. Well, he was really rattled in the, in the pre-match interview before the European game. Did you see that one on BT? Where he was asked quite pointedly... It was very short, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was so really was, rattled then. I was yeah. at the BT studio for, for work. We oh, were, one cool. of the lads who was doing some Champions League. And we were sitting there and they were just like... The, the yeah, it production was... team just found it. They're like, we've just had 30 seconds or something off Emery. It's like, just suddenly thrown back to the studio and they had to deal with it. It was painful. Yeah, it, it was, was really awkward. Yeah. But yeah. Then, then, did you see the interview? He gave quite a long interview in Spanish before the game on Sky. Did you see that interview? That was, so this is where, you know, he, had a, he, he trotted out a whole litany of excuses there. I mean, literally. We gave it in Spanish. Yeah. It was, it, so who? To, well, they were translated, translated, obviously, you know. Oh. So, but he was talking about things like, He's had to deal with um, bringing the young players in, which he kind of has stopped doing now. <laughs> to be, you know, he kind of has did have quite a few players, Willocks and you know. Yeah, he's brought some great players. Players, in. Play with, suck. I mean, you know, they played in Europe. Yeah, they played in Europe. But a he little reverted, bit of Premier League. Yeah, but so he talked about that. He talked about the challenges of that he's faced with, you know, the situations, the off the pitch situations. And he talked about. I'm try, I should have written down the phrase. He was basically talked about the mentality of the team being this big issue, which is kind of true, which obviously, I mean, not kind of true, totally true. He was kind of talked about how their psychology or something was not right, and that takes time. But that's, this, and this is an issue that just goes back years and years and years as well, so, isn't it? So what he's doing is complaining about being a football manager. Because it sounds of, like yeah. that's all the, you yeah. know, I mean, the, pretty much. the pitch issues, yeah, that's, you know, um, presumably he's making reference to... Uh, maybe Ozil and Kolasinac yeah. and them having to have a couple of weeks out yeah. and that's you know you can't do anything uh, about that I feel sorry for the guys but you know him complaining that he has to bring young players through or like I don't, where's that pressure come from is it and that, he's making that sound like a bad thing which it, which it completely I, isn't and yeah. a mentality shift okay right he took this job he wasn't forced into into doing mm. this. He knew what he was. Of course, getting yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it was just it was, it was an unfortunate interview. And then there was the statement. Did you see? Well, David Ornstein wrote wrote a piece. Did you see that? Do you follow Ornstein? No. He wrote a thing which was where the club tried to make even more excuses. Mm. Where they, I think they actually literally talked about the the um, situation with um, Ozil, the, the robbery situation, yeah, yeah. Um, and all of that. And they took. You know, and then again, but now that, that was. I mean, that was Ornstein saying, you know, club representatives. But then they've officially released a statement tonight. Josh, have you seen this? Yeah, I did actually, and I saved it. As yeah, a which is interesting. And I think this. I think that. I think what they said to Ornstein was was ludicrous. Basically, well, he, they were blaming the fans. Well, I think this is the one that was supposedly said to the 200 members of staff or something like that. Right. Is that right? Yeah, this was what... Yeah, um, this is the one. Yeah. We are as disappointed as everyone else with both our results and performances at this stage of the season. We share the frustration with our fans, Unai, players and all our staff as they're not at the level we want or expect. Things need to improve to meet our objectives for the season and we firmly believe Unai is the right man for the job together with the backroom team we have in place. We're all working intensively behind the scenes to turn things around and are confident we will. We never take our fantastic support for granted. We hope we can all stick together and get behind the team in this challenging period as together we are stronger. 
And that is a reaction, believe a hundred percent reaction to the fan fury mm. after the first, after what Ornstein reported they were saying, which was basically kind of saying, you know, the fan atmosphere almost is bad, you know, kind of almost blaming slightly the fans for, for being so angry <laughs> and all these other excuses. That is a good, that, that, I mean, that all of that makes sense. And that's kind of sounds to me when you start saying they're addressing the fact that it's not good enough. Um, that's as close as you get, isn't it, to a pre-sacking of a manager, it feels to me. like It's like yeah. you're saying, well, we're aware, we are aware that this is shit, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like Emery's a little bit obsessed with the whole psychology thing. He went to the psychologist as well when he uh, was thinking about picking the captain. It was the psychologist's idea to come up with this whole thing of, like, let's, let's ask vote. the players, let's have the player vote. Um, so, I don't know. There's a lot of sort of passing the buck. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Mourinho. It's, it's oh, contentious. Yeah. I know it's contentious, but it's all about our defence. Throwing the Mourinho in. <laughs> sorry, we, we found the one fan. I'm yeah. sorry. There's always one. <laughs> Did you? See- I know he is. He's, he's a horrendous human being, but I think he'd sort out our defence. I think that's what we need. I think we need a rock hard defence right. just for a year. It's like it's like having a fling. Just to, just for just to, you know just just to sort things out for a little bit. I think I agree with the idea that. We should get a manager who would sort out the defence. Yeah. I don't even think Mourinho is that man anymore, though. He didn't sort out the United defence, did he? I mean, he's lost in. So I, I think the problem for me with Mourinho, I mean, you talked about this a bit last week with Jeff and stuff, but A, right, so he is a horrendous person, human being, <laughs> as you agree. <laughs> so moral. Pushing and shoving with Wenger. He pushed and shoved Wenger. Oh. Yeah. He was. Dis- has, he's not buried. He, has he not buried, buried the hatchet? They're both the hatch. Apparently, they're best yeah. mates now. Yeah, because they're both yeah. on B in sports, aren't they? I think yeah. they're kind of you know. So they're all, but that's okay. so that's fine. But he's still a horrendous human being. Yeah. Who is even more? Div- if you think this guy, the divisions in the change and all of that. I mean, he is Mister Divisive, okay. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And but I also true. think more importantly than that, and I is a moral. I, I I'd be f- morally furious if we if we if we got it. <laughs> I think he is as close to a fascist dictator if you go in football. <laughs> but equally, his stint with Man United was terrible in every way, wasn't he? he didn't even get the full sort out of the defence, did he? I mean, he really, well, he does like Ozil, doesn't he? He'd probably get the best out of Ozil, I surely. Mean, maybe. If there were one person in the world that might, would get the best out of Ozil, it would be him. Yeah, but really, we can't. I don't, no. I mean, well, he was not for me. Sky, but... hasn't he, being so very complimentary about Ozil yeah, and it, talking about yeah. how he needs to be an integral part of the team. I don't know. I, I just, it's it sort of quietened that rumour, hasn't it, in the last week? Yeah, they, I mean, they outright denied that they'd had dinner with him. You know, there was a story that Raul had dinner with him and all this. And they, yeah. the club actually went as far as saying, no, it's not. So I, I th- hopefully, I'd, I'd rather see, you know, another disciplinary. You were calling for Freddie, weren't you? Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, I was, there's a reason I was calling for Freddie was, Freddie Jungberg, is because, I, A, over Arteta. I think the whole Arteta thing... It, it really annoys me because like, he was never, you know, the idea that he's this fucking club, Arsenal legend, you know, who, you know, who's got, obviously going to be great because he's working with Pep Guardiola. Neither of those things are true. I mean, you know, just, he is like, working with Pep. Oh no, he's literally working with Pep, but that doesn't mean he's <laughs> going to be good. We've seen so many number twos over the years been shit. And B, I was for me, he sums up the boring period, late Wenger period, where yeah. he, it was mediocrity. And he, you know, he was great for Everton. He was fine for us. He was kind of okay. But I never. But also, a good player doesn't make a good manager. No. You don't want a legend. I mean, look what's happened with with Man United. And yet, yeah, look what's happened with can't, Chelsea right it's hard now. To fire him. Yeah, it, yeah. It, fair, it depends. It's going well with Chelsea right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm saying. Sometimes it can work. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. It depends. It totally depends. It, it's, it's a roll of the dice, isn't it? But if I, what I mean, what I meant by getting Freddie for me is if we. If if they do decide that Unai is not good enough, which I think they must be on the verge of, 
because logic would suggest right now, then then is there anyone you think right now they can get who's going to be like world-class, obviously world-class manager who's going to sort everything out? Brendan Rodgers. But why would he, why would he leave them he now? Wouldn't, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So I don't think there is one right now. Mm. I, I, maybe there is, maybe I'm wrong. But so I, I think you do a, you do a Man U last season equivalent and get Ole Gunnar Solskjaer equivalent for me, which is Freddie Lundberg right now, mm. who seems to be doing a good job number two, and knows the players, and I think would have a more of a rousing, and is more of an Arsenal legend, because he was a brilliant player, and I loved and him. he could set up, step, step up from being translator to yeah, actually be... Right. Yeah. I think he'd understand what the fuck he's saying. Yeah. And he's incredibly handsome still and good-looking, by the way. <laughs> One of the best-looking Arsenal players in history. He'd be the best-looking manager ever. And <laughs> I think he could, he could rouse them into some kind of action on the short term. So I'd have him as caretaker, probably. You know, yeah, and I mean, not, and not make the mistake Man you made and give him the job in, you know, after about two months of hopefully good results. What seemingly is a massive thing is um, like dressing room respect. There's been loads yes. of talk about yes. respect. Did players respect Xhaka? And I think a lot of players did respect Xhaka before he was stripped of the captaincy. And Aubameyang now apparently commands a lot of respect, but he seemingly doesn't have any respect for Emery itself. So is Jungberg going to be a strong enough personality to be like, Look, lads, I've been here, done it. I've won this. I've won every, pretty much everything with yeah. this club. Yeah. Listen to me. Like, watch what I do. We'll get through this like short term period. I don't know. I'm not sure if you know, if it's too far away from it, the actual period that he was at the club for. He'd obviously have the respect from the fans, yeah. and that's absolutely like that would be brilliant for the yeah. club. But are players going to listen to him? I'm, I'm not, not saying, sure. by the way, I'm not saying he, I know he'd do well yeah. at all. I'm just, and I, like I, said, I never said I knew Emery would do well, and he's not. But it's more, I think, he, I think what we need in this situation, if we, particularly if we sack Emery and make that decision, you need to unite the fans. And I think someone like Jungberg, who was a hero to most Arsenal mm. fans, unlike Arteta, who's instantly divisive, I think. Mm. Still, I think you need someone who's going to get everyone behind the team, both players and fans. And I think Freddie would do that. And I'm not saying necessarily he's gonna, he, he could definitely... But that's what we need right now, I feel. I don't know what you feel, Joe. I like the idea of Freddie, just because my wife would let me watch more football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Vieira. I mean, if we're talking ex-players who are, who are sure. sort of doing oh. it as managers, because he, he proved it as a manager as well. But he's still something you need to get in. Whereas, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm saying Freddie's Freddie already there. the easiest option. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of just an instant, instant kind of fine option, you know. And it, yeah. it's not that much of a risk because, if, especially if you make him caretaker, because then if someone, some genius yeah. manager, you know, there was mention of Luis Enrique as well. Did you see that? Something mm, from, some, that, yeah. from some journalist or other. So even then, I'm not sure he's, um, he's a particular, he seems like a slightly divisive figure as well. Anyway, we should take a break and come back to the thorny issue of Arsenal after this. This week's Footballistically Arsenal is brought to you by Gaz and the team at the Blue Ball in Walton-on-the-Hill near Epsom. Check out their amazing Sunday lunch. And whilst you're there, enjoy it with a pint of Watney's Pale Ale. Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2, a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. 
Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. And we're back. Did you also... There's another interesting happened today, which is that um, Ornstein, again, in The Athletic this morning, talked about this weird thing going on with Aubameyang and Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, it's Have extraordinary. Have you seen this, Josh? You, I mean, yeah. yeah. Now, this, yeah. Is, this does really interest me. So, basically, he's got in... He's become mates with Arsenal fan TV. Yeah. F- friends, friends of the podcast. They yeah. always look like they're in the, his box. Well, they are. I mean, they are. And this is the... I mean, he's particularly become friendly with... Troops from Arsenal Fan TV. I'm not sure if he's been on this podcast, but he oh. um, he Probably couldn't afford him. If you yeah, um, if you go on Instagram and go on anything that um, uh, AFTV Media, I think we have to call them now according to copyright law and all that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, so Arsenal it? wouldn't let them use the word Arsenal. Arsenal yeah, no, no, no. That's formerly formerly Arsenal pretty Fan TV. Pic- AFTV, yeah. um, the YouTube channel that calls itself the unofficial voice of Arsenal fans around the world. How do you feel about that, Josh? Uh, isn't this what you call that. this podcast? They've got a bigger <laughs> enough. Fair play. Vicious, which, 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 they are. which one's Troops? Is he, he's a sweary one, is he? Uh, yeah, they're all called they're all sweary. They're all sweary. Aren't they? Narrow down. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Josh, yeah. is showing, Josh is showing Joe a picture so of Troops. So he's got really friendly with yeah. Troops. And you go yeah. on anything on Instagram and uh, they're always kind of like bantering away uh, with each other. They're on their Instagram stories and stuff like that. And this is, I find, really interesting and something that just could simmer and uh, and boil over into something quite explosive because Abamyang is friends with all them lot. He he knows how to make himself popular within the club as well. He's aligned mm. himself with the fans. He, he's liked stuff on Instagram that AFTV have so put he's on. Liked, yeah, he's liked saying inclu- Emery out, saying em- Emery out, and Jacques no. um, is a is a loser. Or yeah. whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Should we read right? a little yeah, bit of this athletic article? <laughs> yeah, go on. The 30-year-old, 30-year-old striker is said to have irritated some people by developing a relationship with AFTV, the YouTube channel that calls itself the unofficial voice of Arsenal fans around the world. Many at the club believe the growth of AFTV, formerly known as Arsenal Fan TV, has contributed to an upsurge in negativity towards the team and specific players from sections of the support. Sources suggest that Bamiyang was so smart to strike up a rapport with the channel and express a view that in promoting the content, is effectively endorsing and encouraging more of it to be produced and making himself immune to criticism even if his performance level drops. The Gabon International appearing to like a number of contentious AFTV posts on Instagram, including one in June criticising Emery and another in September calling Vizhaka to be sold in the next transfer window, is said to have left <laughs> wow. teammates and staff unimpressed. Apparently, Aubameyang has also been asked to stop engaging with one of AFTV's contributors, Troops. It is claimed that complaints have been lodged about Aubameyang inviting the supporters to watch games from his executive box, which is situated in the same quadrant of the ground that houses the majority of other player boxes as in, as in, and is intended for use by family and friends. I mean, I'm furious because I've been doing this podcast for, what, how many, like <laughs> 10 years or something, and I've never had a player, <laughs> A, invite me to his box, and B, then get in trouble for it. Huh? Did the club once, about six years ago, invite you to, to go into a box? I feel yeah, like I did. I was in, I was in, I've been in, um, no, I've been in Theo's box <laughs> before. Or, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that was a proud moment. I've been in a couple of place boxes actually, but not. I was invited by the club. It's just friends of friends, friends know, of blah, friends. Blah, blah. Extended so. I was in a box with Aubameyang's. I was in basically next to Aubameyang's box with his mates, his mates, who, when was that? which was really entertaining. It wasn't long after he arrived. I would say it was a couple of months after he first arrived, and they were very funny um, and you know really friendly. Yeah, and he came up and and you know and he, he I see I think people this is, I think this is ridiculous. Is mm. this to get annoyed for the club? Who and we don't know. Who, which bit of the club is talking to Ornstein, do we? I mean, you know, it could be 
It could be the cleaner. It could be Raul Saleh. You know, who knows? It could be another player. But I think to get that annoyed about him fraternising with troops is kind of preposterous, this is, isn't this, it? This is why I think it, it, it's such an interesting thing to keep, like, to keep an eye on because it, it could all end in tears because, and it's completely pointless because Aubameyang is um, an incredibly larger-than-life figure. He's, a, he's yeah. very exhilarating on the pitch right. and off the pitch. Yes. And that's exactly what AFTV are exactly. as well. They're, 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 right. they're these this kind of like... Say bombastic yeah. type figures yeah. who just say mad yeah. stuff and of course Aubameyang yeah. going to be when like oh them, that's interesting that's, I like, the, I like right. the cut of these jibs I don't like, think Aubameyang's sitting there going I must you know fraternise with these people who are slagging off Xhaka and Emre I think he's going these are fun guys I yeah. like fun let's have some fun yeah. it's literally yeah. that and I, I may be naive but I don't see any problem with it and more than that I'm like, fucking Arsenal fan TV, this is even more the making of them than usual, that they're so important to Arsenal, that they're considered as a problem. B, Aubameyang, and I've said this before, Aubameyang is much more important to me than the manager, than, than anyone practically in the He's club. He's our captain and best He's player. He's our captain and best player. And if they do anything to annoy him, they can fuck off. That's what I feel. Poor, poor, oh, sorry, I just think poor, tro- poor troops. He's basically got in a position where he's become one of uh, the, the club's best players, best mates, within the space of, what, two years? And now he's been told, essentially, he can't be friends with anymore. And Troops is, you know, he's I think, a, a regular guy. I'm, I'm guessing Troops is fine with it, Joe. I don't know what you feel. <laughs> I don't know. Has Troops I mean, responded to this? I'm going to have a quick look at his social. I'm just worried that Aubameyang's going to pop up on Arsenal Fan TV. Um, yeah, it's a conflict of interest a little bit, possibly. And I'm sure it, can, it will create problems in, in the dressing room. But I will say this. I think there was always been a perception from the Arsenal fans who don't like Arsenal fan TV or AFTV. Of which there are a lot. A lot of people consider to, to be there's low There's people life. who think that they want the club to, to fail because it's better for the videos and views. And I really think at the heart of it, that's just not true. I really believe, in, and you know, Robbie's the only one I know on any sort of you know, proper level, but they are you know, proper Arsenal fans. Of course, there's like, characters that have emerged from this thing. Mm. But I, I really think they all wish that they had loads of positive things to talk about. That it wasn't our captain mm, throwing his shirt that. on the floor. <laughs> that it wasn't that we go mm. every single away game and get beat now. That we could oh, I, not get outplayed at home by Wolves or go to the bottom club Watford and get I think, lucky no, to I go over I the think point. anger and, and slightly over-the-top fury... Of, of which they, that is their, what they've become famous for. I mean, to the point where... I mean, I'm, I, I'm, by the way, I'm not slagging off Arsenal Fan TV, but we, they, are, they have slightly made become a laughing stock for other fans. Like, Arsenal Fan TV is taken a piss off by yeah. other fans as being yeah. this kind of... But actually, I think they kind of reflect young... This is going to sound very patronising, but I am an old twat, you know. I mean, I, you know, they, <laughs> to me, they reflect a large part of the way young fans think about football, actually, and react to it, which is everything is dramatic and over the top. And I can't, In fact, the hysteria, I feel, about Emery right now, and I know it's shit, but, you know, when you think we are sick, then we're not, you know, and we're, with this terrible worst start of the season actually happened to quite, only fairly recently under Vega, you know. Well, saying all that, for me, it's like the hysteria, the, the anger that I hear on, from people on C on Twitter and on social media and on Arsenal Fan TV kind of reflects particularly that young young generation, how they think about football, I think I do see a difference in older people. Like, when you can remember, you know, the really boring years of late George Graham 
or when you can actually remember what, Bruce, what we were like under Bruce Reoc. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm doing a podcast this week where I have to pick my favourite goals and talk about my arse. Which history. podcast is that? It's Theo Delaney's one who does the oh, Spurs. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a podcast. Like kind of goals deli- equivalent of Desert Island Discs. Mm. So I was thinking about my, you know, how, all the things. That, I've experienced much worse times than this. And yeah, yeah for, for Arsenal fans brought up under Wenger, this is like calamity and they're furious. And the more furious they are, the more famous they get on YouTube. And so it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I only watch, the, I only watch them when we lose right. by a team we should beat. Because you think, I wonder how angry they're going to be. Yeah. It's obviously not in their interest, but it's going to probably get more hits. Yeah, but, good, but unlike what you're saying, Josh, I don't think being, being, us being good is in their interest at all. I mean, I'm not... But I'm I not think at the core thinking. of it, they are fans. I... I I, mean, I think there is a fully playing right to up to it, and we've lost. And mm. but I remember even a couple of years ago discussing it with Robbie, and obviously the channel has grown incredibly, like to get a million subscribers, and for it to be full time job for for Robbie and you know Tao, the, the two founders, and several other people, from what I understand, is you know to his you know incredible success. But I remember Robbie always defending the idea. He said the views remain very similar. Arsenal get B, Arsenal lose. He said the views are always fairly similar, and I think that is still okay. you know relatively true. Okay. Um, Troops has done a response. Oh, here we go. Live um, troops but news. But, well, but unfortunately, unless, come we, to this? <laughs> unless we're going to take an 11 minute break, which we're not going to do, to watch his 11 minute 50 second <laughs> thoughts on the David Ornstein article. I don't think. So, but, but are, there for people that, are there pre roll ads before that? Uh, there were two pre roll ads. Yep. For people that want What's to get Troops' response. Pre roll ads. Uh, oh, pre roll ads. Oh, okay, sorry. It's there. And if people want to find <laughs> him, because there are probably some people who just don't, don't really know. He's, he's on uh, Twitter, Troops AFC. That's T R O O P Z A F C. He is known as his Twitter handle. He doesn't need the... any help. He's got way more followers than any of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just. I'm just. Oh, carry on. People carry that I, will, on. I will probably have a little watch right. and see what he has to say. Oh, okay. I was desperately hoping it was going to be more like two to three minutes. I don't quite know if I need eleven minutes fifty about an article that had about a hundred words on him. But there you go. It's because longer videos on YouTube um, will, um, will garner oh. higher ad revenue. Higher revenue. So you can't even give us the gist of it. Oh, I can't unless no, I watch it. No, watching, I, I didn't yeah. see that it got. Yeah. It must. It's gone up just before we've done this podcast. Sadly, but there you go. It's uh, available for all all those that want it. Mm. Um, are you excited for the? I mean, not excited, but in a way, the international <laughs> break has come at a great time. Um, I mean, I, mean, need, I find we need to, to yeah. break because it feels yeah. like we're yeah. slipping. I mean, that's slipping. true. That's true. Yeah, I find the, the international break is intrinsically tedious anyway. Yeah, but it, it's an interesting moment. It is an interesting moment, isn't it? Because. I mean, a all the all the good all the best players are scattered away, and you know, so he can't work with them, which is presumably what he needs to. Um, but maybe he'll clear his head a bit. I think, he, I, as I alluded to before, I think within him, I still think, and I'm not saying I'm not happy for him to go because I am. I've already said that. But I still think within, like when he first when they picked him, right over Arteta and all these other people they interviewed, they interviewed like seven eight people. He must have said something to them. He, he couldn't have gone. Oh, by the way, I want to play boring. Um, you know, only counter-attacking football. I don't want to have an attractive football. He must have said something to them that inspired them to think, oh, this is our guy, you know. And there must be something within him that can get them playing, get us playing decent football and winning games again. Uh, Joe, am I naive? Am I stupid? I, you, think he's different from, I think he's very different from Wenger. And I think that's what's tough. I think he, he, he mixes things up. He doesn't do the 70-minute substitute thing. He, uh, he looks at each team we're playing and, and adjusts. And I think that is hard for our team uh, when we're playing differently every game. Mm. Uh, and, and they have to get used to a new way of playing. That's why we've all sort of given him a bit of time. Yeah. But I think now we're sort of expecting something. A little I think you're right. Though. I think you're actually probably... The, it's like reactive, isn't it? It's like we went, we've gone from Wenger never preparing ever and yeah. sending them out playing this tippy-tappy. In the end, this very t- actually tedious tippy-tappy 
you know, vet, not even attractive, just kind of boring, pass the team, the other team to death, but never ever worked. Very rarely yeah. worked. Yeah. Especially against the big teams, which we always lost to four or five one. To now, this kind of weird, like, ultra, ultra, every single game is thinking about the opposition to an almost insane extent, to yeah. picking a different formation, a different selection of team, no consistency whatsoever. And it's like, surely the common sense thing is to try and come up with some consistent formation and team isn't it well yeah <laughs> yeah you'd like to think so but again i think this goes back to what i was saying earlier i'm not i'm not sure he knows what his best 11 is i don't know what his the best formation is i know you know he, he might want to mix it up according to the teams that he's playing against but yeah. you know even like against wolves like, it's a game you should be winning especially at home and he kind of mixes things up and it it looks you know it, it, it looks disjointed as well. And people were saying, oh, well, it's probably our best 11 players playing on the pitch, but they're not particularly playing in the formation that suits any of them. There, there seems to be a lot of players at, at not in form. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the worrying thing. Because actually, I think... Everyone's last, fit, we should say as well. Yeah, but I think everyone. Funnily enough, I was thinking about last year, I know people say, you know, he hasn't didn't done anything. He's, what, has he achieved anything? I actually thought last season, I know we had, apart from, we had the terrible run at the end that fucked you all up and we lost that final. But actually, I did think he improved so, quite a few of our players. Yeah. And I remember saying this on this podcast quite a lot. And obviously, Josh never because he was... Instant. Oh, Guendouzi. Yeah, Guendouzi, Torreira, you know, for quite mm, a long not time. Not the second half well. of the season. Okay, um, he's brought in a lot of young players. That's, yeah, that's yeah and the young players, you know, yeah, they did, they would do, you know, they were playing individually yeah. at various different times. You know, weirdly, a lot of the players play really well at different times when some other players play badly. You just need kind of one game mm. where they all play pretty well. This well. Is, uh, I this do is... agree, boy, with your general point about maybe it can turn. But, and, and if you look at the last month, you think, oh. They could have just hung on at Anfield just to get morale going. Right. And that goal even was in the Europa just allowed League, by the VAR. Even I mean, in that the Europa was League, you can argue, go, oh, yeah. just again, and just yeah. get a win, get a even win. Even against Leicester, but by the, the way, which we have hardly talked about, but in that first half where we were, we were okay, Lacazette, few weak shots. Chance. Bellerin had a great chance. It was one great move where we swept through their pressing. You know, the commentator well, actually But ultimately, we got well beat. Oh, no, 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 of course. And what the really depressing thing is, as soon as we have a goal scored against us, then there was, that was it. It was That's over. It. Yeah. By the way... Urzu, I know we haven't, but his performance in the second half was non-existent. I mean, he didn't do anything. And I'm not, wasn't the worst. He wasn't the only one, but it's indicative of the bigger Urzu issue anyway. I think all that Arsenal need is one convincing performance. Yes, I agree Because that. that hasn't happened in yeah. the entirety of the season. I look back at all the results from this, from this season and I can't spot one just convincing no, performance. No. no one 2-0 when it was 25 yeah, shots. It, it hasn't happened this season once. We said every week we've only won Premier League games by one goal, the ones we have managed to win, and it's now 12 games into the season, basically a third of the season yeah. has gone. The, my, a Southampton supporting <laughs> friend of mine referred to our upcoming game as El Sakico because it's the two <laughs> yes. managers that are under the most pressure. That's brilliant. Um, between you know, the two favourites to be next managers to leave in the Premier League. Oh, and if that game at home doesn't go well, whoa, the atmosphere will be vile. Well, I was about to say that for me, that is a huge thing because. It's a, you know, it's Southampton who are unbelievably diabolically terrible. I think they are going down. They're, they're going down. They are going down. When it's Norwich. like of all you could not pick a team you'd rather play at home on a yeah. three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon after the international yeah. break. So I do feel if we don't do what you've just said, Andrew, which is you know have a proper game where and I don't care who the personnel are. Who he picks, I think that might push me over the edge of like, you just, it's, this is it, it's over now, isn't it? I think it will do for every fan. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the most, time. I'm the most forgiving of him of anyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> but 
apart from a couple of people on Twitter that I talked to. Um, but you'd think that, you've got to beat Southampton fairly, you know, just a 2 or 3 nil. come on, or 2 or 3 one, whatever. Yeah, it's and the one you look at and you think, I'll put some Arsenal players in my fantasy football team for that, at least. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they're not looking good. And it, it's good. We'll have a, I think now that we've got a bit of a break to recoup and... Um, yeah, we should get at yeah. least three or four. You'd also think sense. that within the club, you know, they, they, they'd be talking to him and going, come on, you know, that's just fucking... This is clear the, this is the sort of one that you can really, like, just do something <laughs> good. Do something, do something <laughs> good for this one. Right, so let's, without... We're running, running out of time. Let's, we're going to have to predict the Southampton well, game. I just want well, to go considering how sh- badly they've done this season, they have scored in all of their last five away games. And let's not forget... Oh, I don't we, doubt we they score well, against We us. got well beat at Sheffield United. They were the ones who have actually gone to Sheffield United mm. and won this season um, and they won at Brighton earlier in this season so you know obviously they had that humiliating result against yeah. Leicester and yeah. went and put in a, a more credible performance I away mean, at Man City so you just but, just don't know really no I mean I, I, I you know I, I, would, I was never the kind of player who, person who was going oh we're definitely he's going to beat Sheffield United we're, we're, we're going to get something at Leicester I, but I think you, at home against Southampton I'm I go 2-1 scrape a victory scrape a victory which will take I'm going to say 3 0. And that would be. I'm going to say. Save Emery. I'm going to say 3 1. Yeah, I, think, I was yeah, going to say 3 1. I think it would be the start of. I think people, yeah. fans will be furious because he will be given a few more weeks at least, maybe till Christmas. I want us to win. Me and us. Cool, AFTV, good. we want us to win. <laughs> <laughs> troops. You and Troops. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think Troops has ever had less many mentions on any uh, rival. Well, me, Arsenal media. I'll show you how, you know. Looking forward to 12 yeah. minutes of Troops time later tonight. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you very much. Andrew. Thank you. Josh. Great to have you Maybe back. Maybe we all we need this you. break of, uh, we can reflect upon life. We should, um, yeah, we'll be back on Monday the uh, 24th for the next podcast. The day Excellent. after we've hopefully beaten Southampton. Yes. Or two think, days after. I think, we'll need, I think we need to come up with like an AFTV name each. Like, like sort of with, with a Z at the end. Or well, you're like... Um, Boars. Boars. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. I can't be boys, can I? Boys. I mean, that's, that's, boys. Different. that's a different thing. Bodies. Boydies. 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 Oh, yeah, Boydies. Yeah. Boydies. Yeah, hilts. Maybe hilts with a Z. Hilts with a Z. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> B-hilts. How about B-hilts? Love it. Yeah. I'm not sure why we yeah. need this name, but I'm glad that we've got one uh, anyway. <laughs> J Josh. Josh. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> work. No. A-butt. I think we you're should. You're A-butt. A-butt. Draw a line here. Thank you. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.